Welcome to the Mimi B Podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and this podcast is designed to help you become the best version of yourself possible. This podcast will motivate you and give you the tools that you need to get to where you want to be. Hey guys, I'm super excited for today's guest. I have on the line Dr. Stephen Cabral. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So I was just telling you before we started recording, I personally listen to your podcast all the time, so I'm super pumped to have you on, guys. If you haven't heard of Dr. Cabral, he is a naturopath, an Ayurvedic, and functional medicine practitioner, and he is a hub of knowledge when it comes to anything health. He has a podcast, and how many episodes are you at now? You literally post every day. You have like 1,400 episodes or something. Yeah, that's that's right, around 1,400 episodes. That's freaking incredible. Wow. It's it's so commendable and, and such a commitment. But, you know, all to say, I love your work and I truly, truly agree and believe, um, you know, everything that you promote. And I'm super excited to have you on to share some of your wisdom with my audience today. I'm excited. I'm, I'm uh, absolutely grateful that you've had me on and uh, looking forward to connecting with your audience and being able to answer questions and whatever whatever you need. That's That's why I'm here. I'm all about it. Awesome. So maybe let's just get started in your whole philosophy because, you know, you, your whole naturopathic and functional medicine background is sometimes a little bit, I guess, alternative to what people usually think of when they think of, um, you know, going to the doctors. What do you, for someone that doesn't really know what that is, maybe you could give a bit of a background, um, you know, your whole philosophy on health and wellness as a whole. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So, when you think of the natural health field, you have so many different options. You have an acupuncturist, you have a personal trainer, you have a massage therapist, um, you have a chiropractor, and everyone has their own specialties. But when you're talking about a naturopathic doctor, a board-certified naturopath, um, let's say a functional medicine doctor or an integrative health practitioner, what you're hoping to get is someone that knows a little bit about a lot of different things or maybe a lot about a lot of different things so that they're able to say, okay, you don't fit into this one little bucket so well, but that doesn't mean that we can't help you. So for example, let's say you go to a chiropractor. And again, I'm not against chiropractors, love chiropractors, but what you don't need is soft tissue related or it, you don't need an adjustment. There's no biomechanical deviations in the spine. Well, the chiropractor, unless they have a more in-depth knowledge, is just not the right person for you. But what we look to do is this, as, as part of integrative health practitioner, is we might talk with you and say, okay, yeah, you could actually use some acupuncture, you could use some chiropractic, but what we really do is we assess the underlying root causes. That's what matters the most. So what I want to do is when I speak with someone is I want to say, okay, you're dealing with uh, lower mood, you're dealing with sluggishness, grogginess upon waking, maybe some drier skin, thinning hair, uh, dysregulated menstrual cycle, anything like that. And I say, well, there's only about a, a half dozen to a dozen reasons why that this would happen. Let's begin to look at what those possibilities are and there's no doubt in my mind we're going to be able to figure that out. And it's typically through lab testing, just like you would do. So you're, when you go to your primary care physician, they're going to look at your blood work. And if there's a disease, they're going to prescribe you medication. I know that's oversimplified, but that's how it works. When you work with an integrative health practitioner, they're going to give you labs as well. But these you're going to do right at home. And they're going to assess your gut function, your hormones, your omega-3s for anti, as an anti-inflammatory, heavy metals, 
And you're going to learn what your deficiencies are and what your toxicities are. And then you're going to get a personalized plan based on uh, what you lack and also what you have too much of, such as like mercury or aluminum or any of these things in our body. So hopefully that makes sense. Yes, that makes total sense. And you know, for me personally, you know, and I, I know a lot of the girls listening right now too can relate because we're all into health, the, the girls that listen to this podcast. But what if we just don't know what's wrong? You always recommend doing a test like this. I'm super interested in, in doing this test. I haven't done a test in ages and I feel like I'm doing everything right, but there are still like for myself, a few personal like issues that I, I just can't seem to combat. Like I have very irregular periods. Like I feel like I'm tired a lot. Like what would you say to, to a girl that feels like she's literally doing it all, but doesn't know where to start? Yeah, well, let, let's go over that. So what I would say is you're the perfect person then for lab testing. The reason is that you're trying to eat well, you're trying to exercise, like you're doing the right things and yet it's still not working. So that's super frustrating because you you basically say to yourself, well, how much better can I eat? How much more can I exercise, right? And it's like, well, yeah, I could do more meditation, but really, is that going to move the needle? And the answer is probably not. Um, and that doesn't mean that meditation is bad. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be eating a good uh, whole food-based diet. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be moving your body. But what it means at this point is that you put in a lot of work. So now we don't want to guess anymore. We want to test. And we say that all the time. So let, for example, well, let's say that someone's not though. They're not eating well. They're not exercising. Um, I have something called the de-stress protocol. And it's diet, it's exercise, it's stress reduction, toxin removal, rest, which is basically sleep protocols and calming that fight or flight, calming that nervous system. Emotional balance, so important for men and women, but our practice is about 80% women. So we, we need to look at that too in terms of that balance because I think there's more asked of women in our society and uh, there's just a lot more stress in my opinion. Maybe maybe it's true, maybe it's not true, but I just see that women are asked Absolutely. to... They're asked to have more roles, right? They're asked to do more things and they're asked to... Um, do a lot of hard things that sometimes men are not asked to do. So that's important for us to look at is that balance. And then there's supplement protocols and then there's success mindset. So, you know, even if you're using good nutritional supplements, it's only one out of the eight basic phases. So all I like to say is, hey, if you're taking a look at these eight areas, great. If you're not, work on those. And then Okay, we have dysregulated menstrual cycles. We've got a little bit lower energy, not maybe where it should be. And I start to say, okay, well, if someone has lower energy and they have um, dysregulated menstrual cycles, are there any other symptoms that you would you would care to share? You don't have to, but I'll just no. I share everything on here. <laughs> um, well, honestly, I think the tiredness. I, I don't know why. I, I just said it was a general thing. I actually quit coffee last week, so it's okay. only really been since then. So obviously, that's the reason. Um, I've like for so long, I don't, I forget what you think about coffee, but I, I was literally drinking it every day for three years, just one very strong black coffee. And I was like, I'm too reliant on this. I'm, you know, crashing in the afternoon. So I'm quitting five days ago. I quit. And like, I've been like getting migraines basically every day and like feeling really sluggish. And I say tired as well, because even when I was drinking the coffee, I was tired during the day. Sure. Sure. And that makes sense. So what we, I, I mean, I'm not against coffee. It's high in antioxidants. Um, it, it can do some benefits for the body. However, it's not good for everyone. And 
that means that if you rely on it, well, then you're not the right person for coffee, right? Coffee might be mm-hmm. right for you. You might think it's right for you, but uh, you need it to get going, right? So coffee is okay if you don't need it. Like that's that's the best sign. But then then again, like, well, people like coffee because it gives them that extra pep. But what it really does is it turns on the fight or flight. It turns on your sympathetic nervous system. So you start to produce norepinephrine. Your body starts to get revved up. Well, it's also one of the reasons why coffee can actually break a fasted state. And a lot of people get mad at me when I say that, but I'm, I'm just the messenger. So what it does is if zip, it begins to increase your stress hormones. So it can increase norepinephrine and just think of that as more like adrenaline. Um, and that increases cortisol, which is, it's called a glucocorticoid. It actually starts to break down stored glucose or think of it as sugar in your body, break down stored glycogen. And it brings it into your bloodstream. So believe it or not, you can actually increase blood sugar levels without eating any food and just having black coffee. So You can also do the same with really intense exercise first thing in the morning. And so again, there's no right or wrong. It's based on the individual. But for you, at least, what I would say is if you need the coffee to get going, well, what I'm and you have um, disrupted menstrual cycles or maybe just irregular, I'm looking at a stress hormone production imbalance. Now, if uh, do you have any trouble sleeping at night? Do you have trouble turning your mind off or not? Uh, okay, honestly, I'm a pretty good sleeper, but I get nightmares all the time. I'm, I'm working on it though. I'm like not looking at my phone for an hour before bed, not looking at my phone for you know two hours after I wake up in the morning. But like, I definitely have a lot of stress, and I think that's the biggest reason why I decided to cut the coffee. Like the past five days, even though I've had migraines, I've actually felt so much more balanced. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Pitta. I know that you obviously practice um, Ayurvedic medicine. Guys, for you, for you listening, I'm Pitta, which is like the fiery Ayurvedic kind of uh, role. Uh, would you want to maybe actually explain that a little bit for, for the listeners? Because they'll know that I'm a Pitta if they learn about this. <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so you're one of the few people that actually know their body type. Because most people, they they literally... They take a quiz and they're like, oh, I'm this and I'm this. And it's not usually true, but you are actually a pitta body type. So that's, that's good. You know that. Um, <laughs> what I would say though too is, is when we're, we're – and we'll talk about Ayurveda. I'm happy to talk about doshas. But what we would do for you is we would actually assess those stress, stress hormones. And if it's beginning to affect what's called estrogen dominance. So what happens is when your body begins to overproduce stress hormones – it begins to lower levels of progesterone. We don't have to go into how that works. But what happens is you have dominant levels of estrogen specifically during the luteal phase of your menstrual cycle. That's essentially the last 14 days of your cycle. But when you really feel it the most is usually five days to seven days uh, before you were to get your period. And that can feel like bloating. It can feel like lower mood. It can feel like... um, more grogginess, uh, definitely irritability, sometimes acne around the chin, jawline. And You're literally I, speaking to me right now. Like as we speak, I have like pimples on my chin because like, I'm at that phase right now. Like that's crazy. And so, but when you, when you know these things and you know that this is just how the body begins to break down naturally, you can start to talk with people and say, listen, this is not normal, but it's very common. And it's common because of this. And so you're most likely estrogen dominant. Now, the next thing that usually starts to happen is the thyroid becomes a little bit lower. So TSH starts to creep above 2.0 and no thyroid is not normal up to five. It's only normal between, TSH is only normal between 0.5 and 2. And um, the metabolism starts to become a little bit more sluggish. So you start to maybe look a little bit more puffy, 
a little bit more swollen. The skin gets a little drier. The hands and feet get a little colder. The mood goes a little lower. You start to have more brain fog. And again, these are all symptoms that the metabolism is starting to slow. It's only slowing though, because you put it, you put yourself in a survival-based state. And I'm not saying that to be mean. What I'm saying is that chronic stress does this to all of us and some just more than others. So for you specifically, this is what I'd be looking at. I would ship you a uh, stress, mood, and metabolism lab. We'd take a look at your hormones and we would say, okay, is this it? Or is there some gut issues also involved? Are there some heavy metals involved? But it sounds like you are a, a classic uh, overachiever, a classic pizza, and uh, and stress has <laughs> started to get the better of you, even though you're uh, you have a very young, you know, you're very young. So, yeah, wow, it's crazy how I can literally tell you like two things about me, and, and you just know everything. Like this is literally me, and yes, you know that's by nature. That's always been my personality. I'm also involved in a lot of different businesses right now, so I need to kind of put on that like dominant, uh, you know, face a lot of the time during my day. Cause I'm like getting a lot of shit done, like telling employees what to do. Like I'm literally in that role right now, which is, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I thrive in it as a pitta, but sometimes, you know, I just need to chill and like, you know, do my thing and, and my meditations that I do every day. Like I know that I am in line with my best self after I do those. And I am trying to keep those self-care habits and like, just have myself in line. But yeah, honestly, all in all, I'm I'm 100% after this podcast following up with you. I'm going to be doing those tests and it you know, it's worth it because I feel like I'm doing so much for my mind, body, life, career, everything, but it's just things still like the puzzle pieces still aren't perfectly fitting together and I think it has to do with with that. Hey guys, future Mimi talking here. I am super excited to do these labs that Dr. Cabral has been suggesting this podcast. I am obsessed with his products. I literally have a newfound love for everything he does after recording this episode. So I just want to let you know, I put all the links in the description below for all of his lab tests, his wellness products, his supplements. I'm literally buying all of them. I'm so excited. It is time to get everything in order with my health and vitality so don't forget to go to the description in this episode and click on the links there i have everything set up for you join me by trying out all of his products i'm super super excited what would you do if the test came back and it said that i was estrogen dominant i think that's what you said um or deficient which one was it yeah, estrogen dominant. It just means yeah. that most likely, I could tell you, probably your estrogen levels are perfectly normal. But what happens is you have lower levels of progesterone. So that's why you know labs can often look perfectly normal when you go to your PCP, and they just like, oh well, everything's in range. Well, first of all, they didn't test when progesterone should be higher than estrogen. So if you were to test during the first fourteen days of your cycle, the follicular phase, yeah, estrogen should be higher than progesterone. But the, the body works in two different phases. It's di- your menstrual cycle is diphasic. So uh, what happens during the second phase is that pro- uh, estrogen starts to fall and pro- progesterone starts to increase during the luteal base phase. And testosterone starts to peak around day 17. But that's a different story. So you know what we can look at is how the body is meant to function. And when it dysfunctions, again, it, it does so in a very predictable way. So a lot of people might say, okay, well, we need to put you on 
uh, estrogen balance, which is a uh, nutritional supplement that it contains extracts from cruciferous vegetables. So of course, we can increase your broccoli, we can increase your cauliflower and Brussels sprouts, and those will help, right? Because what they help to do is remove those excess estrogen metabolites from the body. But really, that's not root causal. Like, so yes, um, I3C and DIM, uh, very important supplements. But what we really want to do is work on uh, calming the HPA axis, and that just stands for the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. I know I'm losing people, so I'm going to pull it back on track. So we need to reduce those stress hormones, right? So uh, I am not a pitta body type, but I am 100% a pitta-based mentality. That's why you can't just do the quizzes on the body type. You need to do the mind and body. And so what I do, just like I want you to do for you, is I have to save me from me every single day of my life. So that means like, you don't need to achieve and accomplish and do everything that you want to in a lifetime in one day and one week. You need to slow down <laughs> and enjoy the process and enjoy the journey. Everybody always says it, but it doesn't make it any less true. So what I do is I always go back to my breath. It's the number one thing that you can do is learn to breathe into the lower lobes of the lungs. It's called diaphragmatic breathing. If you haven't checked that out before, look into diaphragmatic breathing, which calms the sympathetic nervous system. It literally turns off your fight or flight and turns on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is how the body heals. Mm, I'm doing it right now as we speak. I'm doing the deep breaths. It feels so good. It instantly grounds you. Oh, well, thank you so much for that personalized um, you know, piece of advice there. Let's follow up after the podcast because I'm, I'm doing this for sure. I'm going to work with your team. I, I want to do the test 100%. I'm ready for it. But I want to keep talking about things that the audience can can maybe relate to if they're not crazy pittas like me. I did um, a few questions um, on my Instagram stories for people to answer uh, to ask you some questions. And I'm just going to go through them now. Are you okay with some like quick fire kind of questions for my audience? I am ready. Okay. Uh, all right. How to beat sugar addiction, crying face. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. And so um, there's, there's two ways you can do it. So you can do it, which works the best. It works the fastest. And in the end, you're probably going to have to do it anyways, but it doesn't mean you need to start there, is that you have to go seven days and just break it. Just like you're doing with coffee right now. Coffee is, make no mistake about it, coffee is a drug and it is a very powerful drug and it works really, really well. And it does exactly what it's supposed to do, which is turn on uh, adenosine receptors and turn on adrenaline and all those different types of things. And you get energy and improves cognition and improves sports performance. We know it works, but sugar does the same thing. And sugar increases dopamine, and it, so it gives you short-term energy, but then you crash from it. So I would say sugar is actually much worse than coffee. I hope you're enjoying this episode with Dr. Cabral on the topic of health and quality of ingredients that you consume and just all around living your best life. I'm super excited to bring you today's sponsor, which is Glossier. You guys probably heard of Glossier. They're products are incredible. I've been using them for years, so I'm super chuffed to be having them as a podcast sponsor uh, for today's podcast. I'm just super excited. And I want to chat with you quickly about skin and skin health and why it matters to buy really good quality skincare that have good ingredients that are effective. It is super important 
I never buy drugstore makeup or beauty products or skincare anymore. And that is just because it breaks out my skin. The quality isn't good. I have always struggled with quality of skincare products and I love Glossier products because the quality is amazing. The packaging is freaking gorgeous and it's effective. It is so effective. I love how Glossier believes that beauty starts with the skin first and makeup second because I totally believe that as well. I never wear makeup when my skin is looking amazing. Maybe a bit of like highlighter, bronzer here and there, but honestly, good skin just means so much to me and it just is a reflection of great health. So I have been using the Milky Jelly Cleanser from Glossier recently. It is this creamy, gorgeous gel kind of formula that makes washing your face such a fun experience. It washes away makeup, oil, dirt, all that good stuff. It is super gentle on your eyes and I actually use it with my eyelash extensions. So it's really easy for that as well. And it's great for all skin types. It comes in this stunning packaging that literally looks amazing in any bathroom. It just like upgrades your bathroom. And yeah, so Milky Jelly Cleanser is actually one of their best-selling products. People are literally obsessed with it. In 2015, Glossier actually asked their community what their dream face wash was, took all those responses, told them up, and a year later, they created the Milky Jelly Cleanser. So it's literally what you want. It is pH balanced and it is a blend of five skin conditioners. You don't get that weird feeling uh, that you sometimes get after using a cheap face wash where your skin is all dry and like tight. This actually really cleanses the skin and hydrates it at the same time. Get that glowy, dewy skin for yourself by visiting glossier.com forward slash podcast forward slash Mimi. Plus, all new customers will get 10% off of their first order on glossier.com forward slash podcast forward slash Mimi. Take the quiz and find your ultimate Glossier skincare routine by visiting glossier.com forward slash podcast forward slash Mimi. Get that glowy, dewy skin for yourself again. That is Glossier, spelled G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R dot com slash podcast slash Mimi. Certain exclusions apply. Now back to the episode. Literally back to normal and energized without the caffeine. So it's great for sure. Absolutely. And try to do it with a friend as well. The social support is huge. When you're trying to break a habit, even if you, you know, let's say they're in uh, Australia and you're here in the U.S., that's that's okay. You know, like commit to each other, check in first thing in the morning. That obviously wouldn't work with Australia. It's a very poor example. Uh, But you know what I mean. Get the social support. (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, it helps me with the coffee thing. My boyfriend, who I now live with, he doesn't drink coffee and he hates how my breath smells after I drink it. So it's very helpful. He's like, don't drink it. It smells (laughs) good. Um, okay. So someone here asks, are there any supplements that I can take if I have really low energy? I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but I, do you recommend supplements, uh, just to the general public? I've heard before some doctors say like vitamin D3, everyone in the world is lacking like certain minerals. Do you recommend everyone for the most part to be supplementing with a certain supplement a and then B, are there any specific ones for, for energy? Yeah, this is a good question because um, you want to make sure your foundations are set. So typically, we're we're all really focused right now on like what's the best diet, 
And that has more to do with like macronutrients, your carbs, your proteins, your fat. Keto's higher in fat. You can look at carnivores higher in, in protein and it's higher in fat as well, but very, very low in carbs. And I'm not going to, we don't need to go over those now, but it's people forget about the micronutrients. What your body really runs off of is yes, it needs calories, but really what it's looking for are the vitamins and the minerals, the amino acids, the fatty acids. And that's what we transform into our bodies. So we have something called, we call it daily foundational protocol uh, level two. And and this is what it is. And you can find whatever you want that works for you. But what we do is something, we have something called the daily nutritional support. And it's all of your vitamins for the day. It's all of your minerals that you need. It's antioxidants. It's electrolytes for energy. And it also contains daily detox factors because whether we like it or not, we're being exposed to over 77,000 man-made chemicals in the environment, half of which can cause cancer. So it's a pretty, wow. it's, not, it's not ideal, right? But we need to do our best and we, we can't worry about these things all the time. So that also contains 15 grams of a vegan-based protein source. And why that's important is because your body needs amino acids to rebuild your skin, your tissue, uh, to help with the brain, to help with the repair and, and your immune system. And then we have something we pair that with. So that's like the best of functional medicine. Then you know, we look at what's what's natural. Well, we take 22 organic fruits and vegetables, we juice them, turn it into a powder, and now we get a variety of fruits and vegetables and we get all the healing nutrients from that. And then we have about two grams of omega-3s and then we have uh, 50 billion live uh, good probiotic that, that are meant to help repopulate the gut. So on a daily basis, that's what we recommend for most people. That And by the way, you're right on vitamin D. Unless you're maintaining a tan you're low, you're low on vitamin D. I mean, there's no other way around that. That's just because as humans, we were meant to get sun. We really were. And I know we're worried about it because of skin cancer. I think that's a little overblown. If you're getting burned, yes, that's an issue. Don't, don't burn your skin, okay? But getting sun is very powerful in terms of detoxification in our immune system. So start there with a foundational-based protocol that's not going to be a lot of money. It's about the cost of a you know, Starbucks latte a day for all of those products. And then after that, if you're still having energy issues, well, then we could use maybe an herbal-based product, such as we have one called um, Adrenal Energy Support. And it's going to contain rhodiola. It's going to contain eleuthero. It's going to contain um, other products such as licorice root that have been proven for 5,000 years to help the adrenals actually, it's actually not the adrenals, but the HPA axis to actually rebound in terms of energy. Will you need that your whole life? No. Typically three to four months. As you're also though following the de-stress protocol, right? So it's never about supplements. Supplements absolutely do move the needle, but the diet, the exercise, the stress reduction, the toxin removal, all of that matters as well. So how long does it take to see results? Because I'm super motivated right now. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this supplement. I'm going to do the test. Like how, how long, how many days of actually doing this work and taking the supplements and, you know, bringing in all these new kind of theories into your, your health life, how long does it take to actually start seeing result and, and feeling better? Is it instantly? Well, if you are dealing with an inflammatory-based issue, blood sugar issue, uh, weight gain-based issue, you'll see results within 21 days. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, it, and it can be very dramatic. Like people lose, obviously it depends on how much weight you have to lose too and how much inflammation you have. But a lot of people, they're not carrying as much body fat as they would think, believe it or not. A lot of people are dealing with massive amounts of toxicity and inflammation. And 
we just know that. I mean, think of it this way. Let's say you go out to dinner the night before and you go to this restaurant and the food is just loaded with salt. I mean, you can taste it. And the next morning, your eyes are puffy, your fingers are puffy, your body looks swollen. Well, you didn't gain three pounds of body fat. What happened was, is your body's holding water because of that excess sodium. Well, your body, when it's inflamed in general, holds water, extra water. So if your body's holding toxic water weight, you can very easily and healthily drop 10 plus pounds in 21 days. And that's dramatic for a lot of women we work with. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you're less inflamed. Well, now you have less brain fog. You have less joint pain. You have less of everything. Um, but if we're talking about uh, menstrual-based irregularities, if we're talking about immune issues, if we're talking about gut issues, it's typically 12 to 16 weeks. And um, it doesn't, you know, like it's not all of a sudden on week 16, oh, I feel better. It's, it's gradual over that time. And that's because you, all of your red blood cells in your body turn over after 120 days. And so what we hope is that that next crop, that next group of red blood cells, well, they have the nutrients they need. They don't have all that toxicity, that the cell receptors actually allow glucose to get into the cell rather than float around in the bloodstream uh, and cause you to have a lower metabolism or difficulty losing weight. Mm, So interesting. Amazing. So I have another question here. Uh, Someone asks, what should I be eating? Vegan, paleo, like there are so much mixed information out there. What are your views on, quote, diets and which one people should be following? Yeah. And I mean, I've spent my entire career looking at nutrition because before I did anything else, I was certified nutritionist and just worked in that field. And all I wanted to know is like, what's the best diet? What's the best diet? What's the best diet for this? What's the best diet for um, that? And I can tell you this, it is two different things. When you are looking to transform your body, like meaning lose the body fat and just get super lean and all that. There's no doubt, since I used to be in this field, uh, if you want to get lean, you're going to go on some version of a lower carbohydrate diet. There's no doubt about it. However, if you stay on that diet long enough, you will absolutely begin to increase stress hormones, lower thyroid, increase levels of estrogen dominance, and begin to age at a much faster rate. And the reason is that you are taking your body and putting it into a survival-based mode. You're telling your body, hey, we're missing a whole macronutrient group, specifically the one that gives us energy. And now you're asking us to create energy out of protein through something called gluconeogenesis, or you're asking us to use uh, ketones or other things for energy. Well, that doesn't work as well. We'll do it if we have to, but we won't be happy about it. And that's what happens. And so we test women all the time that they've been on keto for four to six weeks. Not every single woman, of course, but many. They plateau after five, 10 pounds, 15 pound weight loss, and then they're stuck. And now they can't even eat as much food as they used to be able to because they've lowered their metabolism. And they lower their metabolism because their body was forced to. You said, okay, you're going to put me in a stress-based situation, a famine-based state. I'll lower my metabolism. I used to be able to eat, let's say the woman could eat 1,600 calories a day. Well, now she's down to 1,200. She keeps going with that. Now she's going to be down to 1,000. Anytime she eats more than 1,000 calories a day, oh, she's going to start to see weight gain. And it's a vicious cycle that women get into. And it affects women more than men because men can't reproduce. So they don't have, they don't, their hormones are not affected in the same way. Because for men, 
if they went without food, they went without food, they went without food. Well, they still have to be out there and they still have to hunt and they still have to do whatever. Again, these are like deep biological things that I didn't make up and I have no control over. But I can tell you this, a woman's body is not meant to bring a child into the world if it's a dangerous place. I've seen that now. We've, we've worked with over a quarter million client appointments and I just see it over and over. So getting back to your original uh, question is different for body transformation than it is for health and longevity. For health and longevity, there is no longer any doubt in my mind that a version of the Mediterranean diet is the best diet in the world. There is so much research to say that this is what's best to reduce the three causes of biggest causes of mortality, which is type 2 diabetes or complications of that, high blood pressure, stroke, and heart disease. There's just no doubt about it. And the Mediterranean diet is not difficult to implement. That's the great thing. You're going to reduce your meat intake. You're going to increase your fish. You're going to eat a predominantly plant-based diet. Like 90% of your diet is going to be basically be berries, certain types of fruit, not too much, a cup or two a day, and then mainly vegetables. And then you can still get in some starches. So I know that was a long answer, but it's the most important thing you can do is the food that you put in your body. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the Mediterranean diet. I think it's incredible and delicious too. So it's full of those healthy fats, you know, like the olives and, and, you know, the vegetables and the olive oil. Would you like, what would you kind of typically eat like really quickly going over this just so people really understand from a health standpoint, not a weight loss standpoint, but more just a maintenance health. Like what would you eat in a day on the Mediterranean diet? Most people that we work with and that, you know, we just, again, I give this advice for free every single day uh, on my podcast as well, but really keep it simple because a diet has to be simple because everybody lives a busy life. I mean, there are very few people. I mean, we work with famous chefs and they still don't have time to cook for themselves because they're cooking for everyone else. or they're creating cooking videos or whatever it might be. So you keep it simple. You know, we're typically doing a smoothie or an ASI bowl in the morning with the daily nutritional support. Like we're just making it easy. And that's going to contain your berries. Like, that's a great time of the day. Blood glucose levels are most likely and should be lower in the morning when you first wake up. You're going to nourish your body. You're going to give it energy. You're going to boost your mood. Okay, you're good. And then, and then we still, we do a 12 to 14 to sometimes a little longer intermittent fast overnight. We can talk about that if you want. Uh, but then at lunch, like, I'll just give you my diet. So basically, I'm doing a smoothie in the morning. This is what most people are doing. Then I'm doing a, a plant-based lunch, a vegan lunch. And I'm, all that I'm getting is some sweet potatoes, or every once in a while, I'll do some grains, like some brown rice or so. And then I'm getting some uh, chopped up beets with that, some carrots, there'll be some greens, and there will be, um, my protein will be hemp hearts. Hemp hearts are one of the most delicious vegan-based forms of protein that are high in fiber, good in omegas. And then on top, I either smash up an avocado or I do olive oil. And easy, right? And I, and I have there's a bunch of places around most of us where you can find a version of that, like a Buddha bowl, they call it. And then for dinner, we're having uh, some type of fish, or we might still do plant-based, but you know, we try to get either some fish in there. Uh, we'll do broccoli. We, I do broccoli almost every day because of all the benefits of it, and uh, maybe one other type of vegetable. And then we'll do a starch like a purple potato uh, or something like that. Again, like super simple, nothing crazy. Add olive oil to that. Add some Himalayan sea salt. It's delicious, and you get all of the rainbow. Remember, you want to eat a rainbow for overall health. Yes. Do you ever have dark chocolate? What do you, if you have, what if you have a sweet tooth that night? What do you do? Well, that's, you know, that would be one of your better choices for sure. So I don't have dark chocolate and only because dark chocolate, I like dark chocolate, but dark chocolate does not like me. So um, <laughs> I'm someone who's more prone to histamines. And so if I eat dark chocolate, you might see me with some breakouts. You might see me with some itchy eyes. 
Uh, again, I love dark chocolate. It's just one of those things. Dark chocolate doesn't like me, and it's just one of my food sensitivities. I have a couple random ones. That one, almonds, and that's why again, food sensitivity testing is so great because who would have thought that someone would be sensitive to almonds? But lo and behold, I'm sensitive to almonds. I am sensitive to almonds. That's so crazy. I did a food uh, intolerance test and I did it twice over the past year and both times it's come back with almond intolerance. <laughs> it is strange, but you know what? They're putting there's almond flour now, there's almond milk. So we might be exposed to it more or, you know, simply put, we're just two people coincidentally with almond sensitivities. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we talked about maintenance, uh, what you should eat and let's maybe quickly talk about the lower carb diet and how long would you recommend someone do a a low carb diet for if they're trying to lose the last 10 pounds or whatever? Yeah. And that, that's how really you should use it either as a jumpstart or to finish your, your results and then transition off. So I did a show on, on how to transition off a low-carb diet. And really, um, in, my, in, a, in a clinical setting, I haven't seen it affect hormones that you can't rebound from uh, if you keep it to 21 days to 28 days maximum. And it doesn't mean that you should be totally devoid of carbs, but they're probably going to be sub 100 grams per day. Um, so, I mean, you could split that up. You could do none at dinner. We, we do it a little differently. So basically, we'll go low-carb on our, on our functional medicine detox or our fatlocity system, whatever one you want to look at. But then we ease it back in. And very simply put, we say, okay, we're going to do uh, one cup of, let's say, blueberries in the morning in your smoothie. Okay, Makes a smoothie delicious. It's something to look forward to. You can actually time release it so you can drink that smoothie over the course of an hour. Uh, really simple, right? So that's how we'll do it. Okay, how does your body react to one cup of blueberries that are high in phytonutrients, high in fiber, and you're mixing it with the daily nutritional support so you get 15 grams of protein? So we're kind of lowering that glycemic response. And blueberries in and of themselves are not a high glycemic fruit. So we eat that and someone's still losing weight. Great. So this is after the lower carb part. And then we say, okay, now let's challenge the body either with a little bit more fruit in the morning or we simply add a little bit of starch at lunch. What would we do? Well, maybe a half of a yam, half of a sweet potato. Okay, how do we do? All right, we're eating that and then up, still losing weight. Great. So then we, because remember, the goal should be to eat as many carbohydrates as you can healthily, not to eliminate as much as you can. Because carbohydrates are what help you get rid of those nightmares as well, because they're going to help you most likely to produce neurotransmitters, the beneficial ones that help with GABA, that help with, um, well, glycine's part of it in your gut, but also serotonin. And you need that to actually, you need the carbs to calm the cortisol response. So super Mm. important. Hey, maybe that's it because I eat my carbs more in the first half of the day. Like I just had a pint of organic uh, blueberries just before we recorded this. And I, you know, I have maybe some banana in my smoothie. I have, I have carbs, but at night I never really eat carbs because I've always, you know, thought that it was more carbs in the first half of your day. But maybe that is why I'm not having the best sleep. But wouldn't you want to, I hear that like you maybe put on more weight if you eat carbs at night. Is that not true? Well, it's it's only true for certain individuals. So it might not be true for you. Like meaning that let's take your carbs for the day. Let's say it's uh, 75. If I took your 75 carbs and I put 25 at breakfast, 25 at lunch, and 25 at dinner, that's essentially uh, one cup of blueberries in the morning, uh, a half a sweet potato, and then, uh, well, let's say the other half a sweet potato at dinner if you want. 
uh, you might be totally fine. Like you might, it might work great. And then now you're producing more serotonin at night, but we do the same thing. We, our carbs are typically the more, more the first half of the day. And then it's vegetables with dinner for weight loss based clients. But once you've met your goal, well, then the goal is to say, okay, how can we make each meal more balanced? And so that, that is what we do. And the other thing that I would recommend for you, because I, I'd feel uh, a sense of responsibility that I have to mention this, I would really love to see you use um, something like phosphoserine, um, ashwagandha, some really calming herbs before bed, as well as zinc and magnesium. So I would use a product called Adrenal Soothe, uh, as well as full spectrum magnesium, um, as well as you know maybe a, a zinc picolinate. And that will really calm your nervous system at night and turn it off. Because it seems to me, it's like you're so, you know, you're revved during the day. And again, it kind of takes one to know one. I'm, I'm the same exact person. So you need to manually shut that off. Now you can do it with nutritional supplements and you can also do it with the meditation, the deep breathing, the stretching, the visualization, the gratitude journaling. You, and you can use all of them. People are like, well, which one's the best one? I say, well, the one that you stick to, but also all of them. Like who's to say one's better than another? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And this is just like music to my ears. I love talking to someone who is so incredibly informed, who is a doctor, but that also understands the power of mindset, visualization, journaling. I'm a huge advocate um, on all of those things. They've really changed my life. And that this is why functional medicine is the medicine that I always kind of choose to, to listen to. It's because it has that you know, all encompassing attitude that your mind and body are linked. And I know that we're both a huge, huge believers in that for sure. Without a doubt. And there's actually nothing more powerful than the mind, meaning that I find the only people who don't heal are the people that cannot modulate stress or emotional trauma. And that's it. Now, Mm. it doesn't mean that there's no hope for them. There absolutely is. You know, use like work on the gut, work on the other things that also wear you down, that wear in the body that cause stress. But there's nothing wrong, as we talked about in the very beginning of the show, with working with multiple healing modalities. So, you know, talk to someone who's just an amazing neurolinguistic um, programming practitioner, NLP practitioner, or cognitive behavioral therapist, um, someone that's going to work on reframing how you think about the world, right? And and I, I'm I'm talking about this because I had to go through it myself. I was sick for many many years. Um, I mean, I was, I was basically, I was not given a very good sentence uh, for my life at 17 years old. Uh, nobody thought I would live very long because of all the health complications that I had. And I started to meet some great practitioners that said, okay, we need to work on this. We need to work on this. And they were all very intelligent and those things were helping, but I needed to work on my mind as well. I was a type A, I was a perfectionist. I was highly stressed and uh, it was wearing down my body as well. So I'm just saying that for people, you know, inside of the de-stress protocol, there's the sleep-based protocols and parasympathetic with rest. There's emotional balance and there's also success mindset, right? So it's inseparable. Your psychology absolutely affects your physiology, your body, and your body absolutely affects your mind. So, you know, don't think that that's not part of the healing process and don't think that um, there's anything wrong with you if you still have to deal with childhood programming uh, and rewiring that brain. It's one of the most satisfactory things that you could ever do in your life. Totally. I've done the hypnotherapy and a lot of you know those types of visualization meditations as well. And it's really, really, really helped me just kind of rewire my brain. And 
yeah, it, it's really incredible. I think every single person person should be, you know, revisiting their childhood and, and trying to make notes on if something really stuck with them in, in a trauma sense and, you know, working through that and trying to heal themselves through that. Because I'm a true believer as well that your mind and body are super linked. Like if I had something happen to me where I was diagnosed with something, I would for honestly, for the first thing I would do is work on my mentality and try to figure out what kind of caused that. And I know it sounds very woo woo to a lot of people, but I'm a total firm believer that anything happening in your mind just manifests into your physical body. I, I see them as a unison, right? Like I don't see them as separate entities. I agree. I mean, everything starts with a thought in the mind that becomes a feeling that we eventually take actions on and we do this subconsciously. So, um, you know, and our habits become our life. So I, I tell people all the time, if you want to know essentially what you're thinking, and of course, I didn't make this up, um, you can take a look at your life. And I never say that in a negative form. Like, listen, this this is what your mind and your thoughts have brought you to today. And that's a good thing. And now the nice thing is this, is that at any point in your life, although it's not always easy, you can decide to change your dominant thoughts through self-awareness. And as you become more aware, you realize that you're not talking very nicely to yourself. And that's what I found. I was judging myself. I was judging others. And I was like, where did this come from? Oh, oh yeah. Growing up, we were taught like safety, security, survival. This person's good. This person's bad. This is good. This is bad. And I saw my lens as basically a survival-based lens. Well, you know, no one's really out to get me. Like uh, things are okay. You know, like I'm, I'm all right. I'm safe. And, and so when I started to change that, I realized like, oh, well, if I could change this, what else could I change in my life? And it's just gradually, you know, all you're trying to do is take that next rung on the ladder. Don't try to hop to the top yet. Work on yourself. It's the most, again, work on yourself harder than you work on anything else. It's the most satisfactory thing you could do. I love that. And that's such a perfect note to end off on for today's incredible podcast. I cannot thank you enough, Dr. Cabral. This is such such a powerful episode. And I think so many listeners are going to be just totally inspired by by what you've been talking about. So where can everyone find you? Where can they take can they take these tests? Um, you know, through your website or do they need to get in touch with someone from your team? Where can they get your products? Where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for allowing me to, to mention that. My, you know, my my greatest goal is that hopefully this at least opened people's minds. You don't have to believe right away. Like that that's the thing is you don't have to believe that there's always an answer, uh, but at least keep your mind open. I have a podcast called The Cabral Concept. And if you're listening to this, you know where to find podcasts. My, my uh, podcast page is just stephencabral.com forward slash podcast. And I wrote a book called The Rain Barrel Effect. And it essentially teaches people how they got to where they are right now in terms of their wellness, weight loss, or anti-aging. And then what to do about it, how to empty that rain barrel and begin to finally heal the body through this de-stress protocol. And then um, what we did is we created a company that took a private practice online. So we're one of the first companies to actually open source these labs. Typically, you would need to go to a doctor, functional medicine doctor, uh, do a consultation, and then and then kind of like, okay, they'll sign up in the lab. Well, at equilibriumnutrition.com, you can just click on the labs tab and you can actually choose the lab that feels like the right fit for you. And so this is just our way of making it easier and hopefully less expensive for people to figure out what their underlying root cause imbalances are. Incredible. Okay, guys, make sure to go check him out. 
Stephen Cabral on Instagram. And yeah, let us know what you thought about this episode. Thank you so much again. Thank you.